What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 33 of the Block Exploring Podcast. With me here is Tommy, as always. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you about everything relevant to the Bitcoin Taproot update and the future of DeFi. Now, of course, this is not financial advice, uh, as always. And let's get on with the episode. Now, the state of the market. I think uh, the overall week was fairly neutral for crypto there was a lot of gains made early on in the week but then uh, overall reversal in direction halfway through the week which has been corrected now over the weekend uh bitcoin reversed direction from 69,000 uh, us dollars and it dropped down to 62,000 us dollars which was the the 20 day exponential moving average and a lot of technical analysts are saying that bitcoin is due to hit 90 due to this taproot update and uh, the pullback that happened uh, that it shows that the fact that it fell back to this moving average that there's a lot of buy support and a lot of functionality added which then overall makes it a very bullish case ether or eth turned down from uh, 4.8k and has been declining for the last while uh, because the support line was uh, declined bnb uh yeah, well, kind of just dropped overall. It dropped from 600 to 500. And Cardano also has been plunging. And um, out of all the projects, Solana has had the biggest kickback, the, the largest buy support that we've seen uh, out of kind of the top five cryptocurrencies. Uh, it, it fell down quite a bit, but there was quite a bullish uh, buyback. So that was overall the kind of state of the market this past week. A lot of... Uh, small dips but also a lot of buy support like it's a healthy correction exactly and it it was very much due as well because you know um a lot of the larger players in the crypto space were saying hey um man this is a very bullish time very greedy time there is bound to be a winter not that this was anywhere near a winter but yeah you know it's a it's a vibe check it is (laughs) yeah yeah but it's it's just I it's just a necessary thing, you know, to have this uh, these pullbacks because you can't be in price discovery forever and you can't be going vertical forever. It's just a, you know, I mean the psychology of people trading and you know mm-hmm. doing things is just a, at some point you know people take profits. At some point, people themselves just you know think it's the top and they're gonna you know that that snowballs right that snowballs and that's why we see you know, things like pullbacks and that. So, you know, but again, that's depending on how you feel about the market, that's either, that's an, that's another opportunity in itself, you know, these healthy yeah. pullbacks or what I would describe as a healthy pullback. Yeah, exactly. And it makes a lot of sense as well. Just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was a lot of price discovery, but now it's kind of time to uh, to correct and find the, the more relevant price. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, well, overall, there is still a very bullish sentiment. The dip was like, well, Bitcoin dipped back to like price levels of four days ago. You know, it's 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 usually that that the kind of like dip sentiment that people have. But if you just look at the bigger scale of things, it wasn't that bad. No. Um, but I think it's especially relevant right now to discuss uh, the taproot. And I, I think it makes a very bullish case for Bitcoin. Uh, a while back on the episode, uh, Tommy, you and I actually talked about uh, privacy features in cryptocurrency and 
I, I made a case for it why I find it's uh, important and a bit overlooked. So it, I, I'm pretty happy to see this taproot kind of come to fruition mm -hmm. because the taproot, well, it, it's a super important update. It's the biggest update to Bitcoin since 2017. Yeah. And well, for this taproot update, it's actually three Bitcoin improvement proposals, Bitcoin improvement proposal 340 to uh, 342. And what it basically does is it allows for higher smart contract uh, applicability or functionality. It uh, allows for complex transactions and it uh, creates more private, private transactions with higher security. So overall, very bullish for Bitcoin. And uh, this is exactly what I was talking about, like in line with uh, privacy. Uh, what the taproot kind of does is allow you to combine a few public keys into a new public key and combine the signatures into a new signature. And that's called a Schnorr signature. And this allows for much higher privacy than before because it's unclear uh, to like the, the outside world which one of the three signatures is the original signature or the relevant signature. And that's a very crude way of explaining it. But I think that this privacy benefit is exactly what I talked about um, a few episodes ago, you know, uh, where I used the Mona Lisa as kind of an example. It's like everyone likes the Mona Lisa and uh, the Mona Lisa would have been a lot safer if no one knew exactly where it was, you know. So I, I think it's overall very bullish. Edward Snowden isn't for this proposal, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> it it's is a... what it is. Yeah, and he's uh, he famously doesn't even have a computer or a laptop, I think he said before. Or he doesn't connect to Wi-Fi. Is that what it yeah, is? He's famously so. a privacy maximalist. But um, I feel like what's interesting is, I mean, it's gone live, and I just haven't been mm -hmm. able to look at its implementation. And how, mm -hmm. um, really, it's going to take uh, you know some time for us to really understand the ramifications and for people to really make use of like this Taproot update. But I think... This is overall incredibly bullish for uh, Bitcoin because in general, you know, Bitcoin, um, heavy Bitcoiners have been very adverse to any types of changes to the, you know, original, original what is outlined in the, you know, Bitcoin white paper, Satoshi Nakamoto's, you know, you know, you know, what he put down, people just take it as law, you know, but yeah. so, so oftentimes you know there's not much to speak about in terms of bitcoin development you know there's obviously lightning network but now you know taproot is a significant thing that has been in the works for a long time and now it's it's come about you know and we mm -hmm. you know we can talk about something uh bitcoin related that's just not price which is cool right yeah um yeah i mean i just want to i'm curious to see where this where this takes us but i specifically i want to go back to like implementation Right, because yep. when we talked about this on the episode, um, it was like two weeks now or something like that, right? Three yeah. weeks. Um, you were talking about how this, you know, this increased uh, privacy uh, measures or you know mechanisms and that might be, mm -hmm. you know, what what crypto or blockchain needs uh, to have its like iPhone iPhone moment. Is that is that how we described it at the time? iPhone yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. The right? iPhone so, moment. Uh, well, yeah. Maybe. So this ability, I think it's very cool that they have this ability to opt in, opt out of this taproot yeah. um, upgrade. But 
its implementation and how easy is that for you know the everyday person to make use mm-hmm. of these privacy functions is going to be huge obviously and if if we think that this is going to be um a big thing in the way of people of you know coming into crypto in a bigger way right yeah whether you know uh security and privacy have have been a hindrance to begin with right yeah and i think that's one of the main critiques that you kind of uh see a lot of people have on bitcoin or at least i I feel like the uh maybe the older generation has this as a more prevalent critique is like oh there's just a lack of privacy everything is visible visible you know every transaction is fully visible to everyone and that scares some of the people and this kind of pay to taproot thing i think is kind of a step towards maybe just uh mitigating those concerns mm-hmm. yeah but it's it's interesting because like that 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 was the point it is the point it was the point like you know that um that every a- transaction should be publicly visible like that was that was the point by design and construction mm-hmm. but that's i mean that's what's great about this uh about, i mean about having this opt-in opt-out feature is that you have the choice then you know what i'm saying because like yeah although because if you, yeah if to have um this increased uh security if that's i mean mm-hmm. i don't think it's increased security rather than increased privacy because um because the security of that bitcoin network already has through through its innate you know its use of cryptographic technology the security was already there it's it's oh, yeah. the concern was about it was about visibility and yeah. the transparency which again was by design and construction but if you want that privacy then taproot mm-hmm. is there right yeah no absolutely i think that there there are some uh security update updates but it's more like um there's kind of like a discussion i i can't tell you the the very technical sure. details of this right. i i just studied law right but uh, I just know that there's two things. There's uh, ECDSA signatures, which Bitcoin has been using for a very long time. Right. And uh, Schnorr signatures have been considered more secure. So this move towards uh, Schnorr signatures has just kind of increased the, well, yeah, on, on a theoretical level, a higher degree of security. But I think that overall, that this is uh, this links very closely to the the iPhone moment that we've been talking about, right? Like, this is just a higher degree of privacy, security, but then again, utility has also significantly increased mm-hmm. due to this kind of application of smart contracts and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, accessibility to to more digital cash uh, aspects of Bitcoin. I think that this really closely relates towards uh, the, the DeFi boom that we've been seeing for the past while, mm-hmm. right? It's just a higher degree of, um, well, operability on the Bitcoin network. And I think a, a, maybe a decent question to ask, also since transaction fees have been reduced or are being aimed to be reduced with this proposal, will we start seeing DeFi functionality on the bitcoin blockchain mm-hmm. what do you think about this i think i've we've seen already like a lot of projects working towards that right mm-hmm. like projects like stacks uh, even other projects that are building along you know making use of the lightning network to mm-hmm. enable you know more defi esque you know services on top of the bitcoin network 
And I think, you know, this taproot is really going to be going to accelerate that, right? Because that's what half of what it seeks to enable. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are Bitcoin maxis, right? And they yeah. want to just operate on the Bitcoin uh, blockchain. And um, yeah, so now they might be able to gain access to the, all these cool, you know, DeFi, you know, projects and, uh, you know, services that have been available on the Ethereum network for uh, years, <laughs> years now, you know, yeah. but uh, that, I think that'll be cool to see what kind of things are happening on the Bitcoin network for those who want to, who've been, who are adamant of, about using it solely for that, you know? And, exactly. Uh, what... And I think this, this closely relates to that, that graph that we discussed mm-hmm. a while back about DeFi, you know, like it's a 230 billion in uh, ongoing value mm-hmm. supply. And that does not compare in any way to the overall kind of uh, size of the i think it's like what like six trillion or something Mm -hmm. the overall uh value of the uh the asset market right like so like just like traditional financial services market Mm -hmm. and i think indeed the link that you're making here towards what is already going on on the ethereum network you know like increasing and moving that also towards the Bitcoin network may might be also a move towards that interoperability that a lot of people are looking for, you know? And I, I think that just like, um, what was the project that you told me about right before this? this uh, index uh, co-op. Index yeah. co-op. I think that uh, th- that's so, that's like a crypto index investment platform. Yeah, right? exactly. And, I think that kind of allows also for a lot of people who are maybe more, um, well, let's say they have a more abstract interest in the mm-hmm. crypto space as an investment good. I think that will draw them in as well. And a lot of people are index uh, investors exactly. because it, yeah. overall it's been like term like coined one of the most like stable way to, ways to invest. It's not the most interesting way, but it is a, a stable way to kind of keep up with inflation. Mm-hmm. I'll do that in the crypto space and the value that gets added every day is well not financial advice but it seems to be much higher than you see in traditional financial uh, services mm-hmm. but also like if you're into the crypto and blockchain space already and interested in these different narratives but mm-hmm. you don't want to invest in individual products and just get exposure to the narrative as a whole like if you're bullish on DeFi or bullish on the metaverse you know, this is a great way of smoothing, smoothening out your risk and, you know, putting your eggs in multiple baskets as exactly. opposed to, you know, just one. And that's, for example, now on Index Co-op, they have like a DeFi Pulse Index, which tracks the overall market trend of DeFi. There's a Metaverse Index, which is a collection of, you know, different Metaverse related projects. And there's also the Bankless Bed Index, which gives you exposure to one third ETH, one third Bitcoin and one third Bitcoin uh DeFi Pulse Index, which I think is really good um, mm-hmm. index, but no no financial advice. But you know why we talk about this project uh, because it's it's emblematic of what's possible. You know when you, you know with with smart contracts and DeFi and all that mm-hmm. all that goodness. You know there's so many cool financial services that people can make use of now. You know whether it's you know c- collateralizing you know, crypto and taking loans and all these things, you know, you can be your own bank with DeFi now and you don't have to ask anybody for anything, right? Like, and I think that's incredibly amazing that, you know, genuinely with blockchain technology, we are moving towards, you know, people really being able to live bankless lives, people being able to, you know, be sovereign 
over their, you know, over their assets in a much bigger way and do so many more cool, interesting things, you know, like right now, I like if people are trying to get interest rates on their, uh, you know, in on their um, on their money, they're probably just putting it in the bank in which case the bank is making all the money because they're doing all the cool stuff and making the yeah. real money, you know, which is stuff we can do right now with DeFi or you're investing in the stock market, investing in other ways, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, DeFi really does enable a lot um, financially, you know, and yeah. that on Bitcoin, I think is, you know, just like, I mean, what's interesting is that you can already use Bitcoin in DeFi. You can wrap Bitcoin in, Yeah, you can wrap Bitcoin as a, as wrapped you can wrap bitcoin and use it on the ethereum network and yeah. you know use different DeFi products but uh, yeah to have native DeFi on bitcoin is going to be really really interesting and especially i think coupled with lightning network yeah I, it'll be interesting to see stuff like nfts on bit on on the bitcoin network but yeah. you know we'll just see how that evolves because i think this is in its is not only polarizing in the I mean, obviously, it's not polarizing in terms of adoption because, like, how many nodes adopted it? Like ninety plus, right? Ninety plus percent, was, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's in terms of that, but it. I think in terms of Bitcoin hodlers and thought, thought, you know, thought leaders, or you know, the Bitcoin space. This is like a debated thing, you know. Yeah. So it's no, be interesting how it's being adopted, how different projects build upon it, and where they go from there. You know. True. And I think especially we talk about interoperability and stuff. I think you can see this kind of indexing of asset classes as also maybe a very watered down light version of interoperability, right? You buy the bankless index and you kind of get a combo wombo of Ethereum and Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And DeFi Pulse Index. That's very good. And DeFi. Yeah. So so overall, I think that this kind of move towards, Mm -hmm. uh, towards DeFi and this boom towards DeFi will also open up a lot of windows towards this interoperability and this this need for interoperability. So I think with that said, let us know in the comments what you thought about this and will we see more functional DeFi projects launch on the Bitcoin network? Let us know. So tune in next week or next episode for another episode of the Block Exploring Podcast and uh, take it easy. Take it easy.